the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. A couple minutes after 4, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in today. Forecast. One we had a little sunshine for a bit, but got a little cloudier more than we thought. At least that guy in the morning, Joe, the guy who does the morning here, he was talking about sunshine today. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Wasn't that you, Tim? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so kind of cloudy the rest of the afternoon. Clear up eventually. Low 56. Sunny tomorrow, I think. few clouds and a high of 80. Phil's lost to Washington uh, 5-2 last night. They wrap up their series this afternoon. Right about now, they're actually going to. Uh, finish that thing up. Then they're home this weekend against Miami to finish the season. They're currently sitting at 79 and 79. So some four games to go. They got to win three out of four to have a winning record, at least two of the four to finish at 500. Flyers are at the Rangers at seven o'clock in preseason hockey tonight. And of course, in case you forgot, the Eagles are playing tonight at Green Bay in Thursday night football at 820. Will you, will you be watching that game, Joe? You... Of course. Okay. Well, I don't know. You're, you're a busy guy. Yeah. Walking yeah. Bella and Oh yeah. So right. I, I don't know what your you know, your Thursday night tends to be like. So. Yes, it's uh, I'll be watching um yeah, certainly. Okay. Well we're looking forward to, among other things this hour, having Marcus Hayes, who's a columnist for the Inquirer, joining us. He was a running back for uh Marcus Hayes, wasn't he a running back for like LA back when they were the Raiders? Marcus uh, Hayes? No, that, that no. That was Lester Hayes. He was Lester a, Hayes. He was the guy with the stick on his hands. He was like a cornerback. I thought he was a governor of, like, Georgia. So, like, <laughs> back on the highway now, Marcus Hayes, longtime Philadelphia columnist. So there's, like, you know, he definitely has been here for many years. He's been on TV and all that. He's going to chat with us because he's in Green Bay. So he'll give us a little up-close-and-personal what's shaken in Wisconsin prior to this Eagles-Packers game tonight. Maybe talk a little Phillies as well as their season winds down. And we also, because you know, Joe, every now and again, we like to have some kind of culture on this program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Love we, culture. We don't want to get used to it. But today, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to having uh, Tom and Cheryl Elliott. They are connected with Proclamation Presbyterian Church uh, in Bryn Mawr. Mm-hmm. And there's a big concert happening tomorrow night, completely free. They're master musicians, and they have a team of master musicians. Oh. Uh, presenting something called The Gospel According to Bach. It's an interactive production of Johann Sebastian Bach's St. Matthew Passion. So that's completely free. It's tomorrow night. And uh, I tried to twist their arms to like, bring their trombone and violin and stuff in the studio. But mm-hmm. they said it really won't translate. They need the whole ensemble. So we're just going to chat with them a little bit. Oh. Wet, wet people's appetite that way. Paint a picture with our words. Sometimes that's how it has to be. That's the magic of radio. Theater of the Mind. Theater of the Mind. Indeed it is. So we'll take a short break. uh, But before we do, kind of the other thing I wanted to really throw out there today, we've been working with Save the Children now for September, pretty much. 
and uh, you've heard us talk about it, so I don't have to go into great detail, but a few times a year, we partner with organizations doing really worthy work, and there are many more that we could, but we just kind of boil it down to four or five a year, and Save the Children is one of those organizations, and they help children in 125 countries around the world, including the U.S., and one of the aspects of their work is helping provide nutrition and emergency medical care for children who are suffering from severe acute malnutrition, which is different than being malnourished. Maybe uh, some people think this is a, you you have one bowl of rice a day and now you're going to give them an extra one, or you go from a meal a day to two or something. This is uh, even more critical situation uh, type stuff going on. Revolving around a food called plumpy nut, which is like in a tube and it's something that can be distributed and carried long distances. It doesn't need to be refrigerated, and it really helps children who are suffering in the, on the brink of death in some cases. Scott Wilder from uh, Save the Children was in studio with us earlier this month, a couple of days. He's been to Africa, I think it was at least 14 times or more over the years, and was sharing some firsthand stories. So I uh, just kind of want to put that out to you now. Uh, you know, and, and with anything, any kind of a big situation like that, you can feel like, what can I do? Or there's always going to be a problem and my involvement doesn't make any difference one way or the other, which is not true. But we have sized this up and our role, let's put it that way, we feel like we we wanted to step in and help provide enough of this nutrition for close to a couple hundred children. That's the way it works out. And we're only 57 children away from finishing this. And the goal was to do this by the end of September, which is Monday. So this hour, I kind of want to throw into a little bit of a lower gear. We have a couple of interviews and all that, but wanted to invite you to actively say, you know what, I'll pick up the cost of one or two of those kids or whatever you can do. It's a, a $60 one-time donation would take the, uh, you know, the responsibility of one child. This is part of what we do as a radio station. I try and bring that message to you and, uh, you know, you hear interviews, you hear music every now and again, get some info, hopefully laugh a bit, uh, win a prize. And help save somebody's life. It's all part of what we're hoping WFIL can be, and certainly this program. So two ways you can help out. Well, three. But the, the ones we've been talking about, the toll-free number is 888-884-4836. Would you be willing to call that number? 888-884-4836. Or you can go to WFIL.com, and you can't miss it. There's a Save the Children banner right on our homepage. And help out in some level, whatever whatever you want to do. Would be wonderful. We are, as of just this afternoon, I got an update that we're close to 70% of our, to the goal, which is great. We kind of gotten stuck around the 60% mark, made a nice jump earlier today. So we're within shouting distance for sure. And I would love to take a big bite out of that today during the program, because we have lots of other things we do tomorrow, the famous Friday show and all those puns we do, which are very important, Joe, right? So we want to make sure that we have... It doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Then it's the weekend and then it's Monday. So if we pace ourselves, would you be willing, if you're a listener to this station, this, this program, to just say, I'll, I'll do a little something. I'll, let me help out. Again, it's 888-884-4836 or click the Save the Children banner at WFIL.com. And, and or this, if you wanted to do that, or let's say you can't do it right now, but you're willing to say, you know what, I'll, I'll do something. Let me know either way, whether you call or you're going to call, if you think of it, text me because I would love to give a couple of updates during the program. 
and uh, let people know, hey, yeah, people are calling. We're, we're moving this forward. So the text line, as you've heard before, perhaps 610-500-DOVE. That's our number here, 610-500-3683. If it's easier for you, just text me. Say, I'll count me in for 60 bucks, or count me in for $100 or for $10 or whatever it is, and then I'll forward you how you do it if that's easier for you, all right? So that's our deal. Kind of really want to make that the main thing we're doing in a way because it's very important work, obviously. Thanks for your consideration and for joining hands with us. Take a quick break and come right back. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 413 of the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. And I'd like to bring in now a couple of very special guests who happen to know each other, Tom and Cheryl Elliott. Hello there. How are you? Hi. You guys hear me okay? I, I, I hear you fine. You. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you pretty well. You're going to be doing a special concert tomorrow night. We want to let folks know about it at Proclamation Presbyterian Church. At 7.30, which is free to the public, ample parking and all that. Uh, but let us know a little bit about what this Gospel According to Bach event's going to be like tomorrow night. Well, it's a, it's a, an arrangement that I've done um, over a period of a couple of years, and it, I was inspired by the, the writing of the St. Matthew Passion by Johann Sebastian Bach. It is a, um, it's actually like an oratorio, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the passion of Christ. It's 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 the the gospel message of why Jesus came uh, to this earth. It's the it's the epicenter of the of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we the, the music that that Bach did. This is the highlight, probably the highlight of his genius. Um, Which is really was, saying something <laughs> when you think about it. It, it, it really is. It really is. And it was, there was a 1010-year period in the, in the uh, 1700s that, uh, that three great works were done. It was the St. John Passion, the St. Matthew Passion, and, of course, Handel's Messiah. And uh, the, the uh, power that the, the Messiah had on our society uh, is, is extraordinary. And uh, it, it's, it, is, uh, it utilizes Old and New Testament Scripture and, I, and when I think of the, the the Messiah, I think of looking at a telescope and looking at God's glory, just seeing the magnificence of uh, what what that music brings. But then the Saint Matthew Passion is like looking through a microscope, and it's up front and close, and it's uh, it's the it's the relationship that I my wife have with with Jesus Christ is 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 that that we see through the Scripture that has changed us. And uh, it is, as a classical musician, and we both studied with some of the greatest teachers in the world, and uh, it's being able to try to convey that through this incredible music. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just absolute joy to me. And uh, to be able to do it with my wife is, is like second to nothing. <laughs> Tom and Cheryl Elliott are our guests uh, for a little bit here. They're going to be at Proclamation Presbyterian Church in Bryn Mawr. That's uh, 278 South Bryn Mawr Avenue. Tomorrow night, 7.30, uh, for the, this, uh, this presentation, The Gospel According to Bach. 
Uh, it's a new interactive production of Bach's St. Matthew Passion. And uh, I guess, Tom, your musical expertise is specifically trombone, and Cheryl, yours is violin. And is that right? And tell us about your, your musical studies, just so people understand the quality that, you know, God, glory to God, that's coming for them tomorrow night should they, should they come. Sure. Well, well honey, we why don't you say something? At the Curtis Institute of Music. That's where we met. Um, I studied with Ivan Galami and members of the Guarneri String Quartet. And, um, you know, we had the great conductors of the Philadelphia Orchestra conducting us every week. And um, it was just a really exciting time. And it was such a rich, rich education. And um, Tom, uh, go ahead, Tom, and talk about yours. Well, um, I studied uh, trombone um, and, at, at Curtis, and, and there is no mention of trombone in the St. Matthew Passion. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the I think trombonists are feel very left out when it comes to repertoire, uh, as far as the great composers. If you think of the violin, it has the greatest the greatest music. Uh, that it, it plays is, is nonstop, uh, and even all the wind instruments uh, have have better repertoires than the trombone. So, I, I studied these works back in uh, uh, some of these works back when I was at Curtis. But uh, it's it's now coming to fruition to actually be able to utilize what I learned at Curtis, uh, which is just the most amazing uh, education and hearing hearing and playing with some of the greatest. Uh, musicians currently uh, and, and and even before. Yeah. So Curtis was is is just a, a a great place, and it was very close to where share. Well, we met at Curtis, and uh, yeah, how did you guys meet? Where were you? Well, we, we were Cheryl? we were students at we were students at the same time. Okay, and just became just became best of friends. I always. All through all of these years, thought of Tom as kind of my, my big brother. Hmm. And even though we only saw each other or spoke to each other a handful of times, less than five, over 30 years, um, it's the kind of friendship where you pick up where you left off and you can talk for two hours straight without stopping. Hmm. Well, I lost my husband to cancer, and then Tom lost his wife to cancer, um, both beloved spouses, and... Tom just called to ask me, how did I navigate that? You know, how do you get through something like that? And we never stopped talking. We mm. fell in love over the phone. He came out. We hadn't seen each other for 20 years. Wow. He came out and proposed, and we were married a year later. And whereas I had been in the Minnesota Orchestra for a number of years, I, I had lived in Minneapolis for 34 years, raised my family there. I left Minneapolis and came back to Philadelphia to marry Tom. That is something. Wow. <laughs> well, and tell me, as we're all on that topic for a second, for those just tuning in, it's the uh, Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. We're chatting with uh, Tom and Cheryl Elliott. They're going to be, among others, at the uh, uh, Proclamation Presbyterian Church as they kick off their musical season, if you will, the 2019-2020 calendar and uh, St. Matthew Passion. Uh, with uh, it's, a product, uh, it's a production tomorrow, The Gospel According to Bach. Free of charge, by the way, for folks who would like to go. You're more than welcome to do that and encouraged to do that to engage this way. But you talked about that just for a second uh, when you were talking about so how you each navigated the loss of a spouse. I'm, I'm sure that you're, you know, the Lord gets some credit there and, and definitely had his hand oh, yeah. in that. Absolutely. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, he, might I say he something much about, grace about... and 
clearly brought us back together yeah. according to his purposes. Yeah. And Tom, go ahead. You were going to say something, too? I, uh, I, I was wondering if uh, just share the sort of the if, if anybody knows about the St. Matthew Passion uh, and they show up thinking they're going to hear the St. Matthew Passion, whether this was inspired by the St. Matthew Passion, there's going to be a much smaller orchestra uh, of about it'll be eight, eight, uh, seven players. Uh, it's a string quintet and um, a solo trombone, and uh, the evangelist will be uh, Pastor Falconer, who's the lead pastor uh, at. Uh, proclamation. Uh, just a wonderful, incredible man. Is he's a he's a uh, was trained baritone soloist as a as a singer. Hmm. So and having him uh, who reads music and though he's not going to be singing, and that's what's ironic is that he's actually sung this uh, sung this in the real form. The evangelist is the one who actually reads from Matthew twenty six and twenty seven. Okay. And um, interspersed is the the arias and recitatives that 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 I play with Cheryl and with Rich Amoroso, who's a fabulous fabulous cellist. Um, these these big pieces, and then what is I think the highlight is the audience or the congregation. Or we've done this in churches and we've done this in in other situations, but the the audience uh, actually makes uh, they. Um, uh, respond to all that they hear through singing the Bach chorales. And if somebody is a loves to sing the parts, we will have the parts there for them. Normally, in the Lutheran tradition, we're in a, we're in a Presbyterian church, but in the Lutheran tradition, it was sung, um, just the melody was sung by the, the, the congregation. So they respond to the Word of God mm-hmm. by this uh, by this means. That's and very then, interesting. Uh, and it, it ends, it ends, Christ in the tomb, so it ends on a real downer. <laughs> and if you if you if you don't know what's coming next in Matthew twenty eight, but in Matthew twenty seven, this is traditionally done on Good Friday. Yeah, so right. You, you, you leave Good Friday. Uh, you know, it is a Friday, just not Good Friday. But <laughs> well, what actually, actually, it, you know, every Sunday's Easter, so right. Friday is Friday, you know? <laughs> Plus, it ends on a high note, really, because there are refreshments afterwards and a chance to meet the artist. So it ends on an up note, in a way. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Yeah, I, I hear they're even serving food. That's great. Yeah, it's a nice thing. Well, you know, and a chance to meet the musicians. Anyone who has, I, I would think, obviously, the most important thing, they get to enjoy the music part of it, the musical aspect, the beauty of it with the, the gospel narration together probably makes for a really great combo and uh, challenging and encouraging in, in one's faith, but also could even be inspiring because I'm thinking you never know what it's going to do, but whether it's the music, whether it's the narration, what it will trigger in somebody to con- help them consider the gospel. And uh, maybe a sub point that's still important. Maybe it triggers something in somebody musically too, like to think they're watching the beauty of, of skilled musicians using their gifts for God and what that does for them with the talents they have, musical or not, or, you know what I mean? So there's lots of ways they could work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, they'll, they'll hear trombone playing like they've never heard before. <laughs> this, this, he's playing these gorgeous, you know, bass and soprano arias on the trombone, and it is absolutely gorgeous. It's very voice-like, that instrument. And Tom has just got a gorgeous sound, and it's very lyrical. And it's as if he is singing. How many? So, and you've done this. Um, I mean, this group of musicians that you said. I think there are seven. 
do you do you have to practice much together? Do you know each other well enough that you don't have to practice for weeks to do it, or you oh. don't? How does it work? Oh well, I have to say, my my wife is uh, we. Uh, she has taught me to practice. I mean, uh, I've uh, I, I had to set a step away from the instrument full time in that I was the orchestra director at Laura Marion High School yes, right. for uh, almost 30 years. And, and uh, so doing that, uh, so I actually uh, have retired. And between running marathons and practicing is, is what I have been, uh, it's just been a joy for me. And uh, she is uh, such a great musician that she inspires me uh, in, in so many ways. So uh, it's, 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 I'm living the dream. And, um, I, 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 and I also want to mention, uh, uh, Ryan Kelly, who's the music director at, at, at the the church, who I believe you had an interview with him last year, but she has been so supportive and encouraging. And, you know, the oddity of a trombone and violin playing together is, and that's what had me scratching my head. I, I want to play with her. In, in musically into yeah. uh, you know and so how do you there's nothing for that group and, and that idea but it was the it was the fact that I wanted to make music with her and and listening to the St. Matthew Passion just just clicked there was something about it yeah and um, uh, it, it 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 just it kept giving me a, a, a well, it it helped me spiritually as well as musically sure. Sure. And, um, I I just can't. I am so grateful to the Lord for that, for her, and and then just just for this opportunity. You mentioned cello, violin, viola too, and a double bass. Which I what does double bass uh, look like or sound like? Okay, well, it looks like a big big cello. Okay, and our bassist is uh, Joanne uh, 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 Joanne um, Bates, Bates. Bates, and she's, yeah. a, she's also a Curtis graduate. Um, she, uh, so there's actually one of the pieces that we're doing where it features cello, bass, and trombone, and it's it's, it's called Come Sweet Cross. And when you think of a uh, box symbolism in every aspect, the symbolism just goes beyond, beyond anything I can think of. But when, once we were rehearsing this, and I looked at, at those two instruments, a bass and a cello is the cross. Hmm. So, so the cello is standing, you know, standing sure. upright. The bass is standing up, and the bow crosses it. Yep, and yep. I went, it, it, it took my breath away when I realized that this, there are no violins playing because you can't tell it's the cross because the the bow is on the top and you can't see it from yeah. uh, even though the vi, vi, viola and the, uh, the violin are playing the same way, it's in a different position, so you can't see the cross. So right. I thought that was an amazing symbol. Um, of, of that particular piece. And then hearing Rich play the it's incredible, it's a gamba part, which is a very facile, very noty, um, uh, Rich Emrose, it was just a fabulous uh, cellist. So this is tomorrow night again. For those just tuning in, Tom and Cheryl Elliott, kind enough to spend a few minutes with us this afternoon. Tomorrow night at Proclamation Presbyterian Church in Bryn Mawr, a free concert at 7.30 featuring uh, Tom and Cheryl's uh, the, this trombone, it's violin, oh. A cellist, uh, organist, uh, and and there's much more to it, but a, a really rich time musically, uh, spiritually speaking as well, obviously, and um, and the audience is, is as you mentioned earlier has opportunities to participate, so it's really um, an engaging time, and 
as we mentioned earlier, even some refreshments afterwards. But it's great to witness uh, in Proverbs, I think it says, you see a, a man or you know a woman skilled in his work, he will stand before kings. And it's really, while God loves us all, no matter whether we know a note of music or not, whether we're maestros or don't know a lick of what note's what, you know, it is something of beauty to be able to watch someone who is skilled do what they do. And as you both have spent your lives doing this, it's you know, a kid around with Joe, like, you know, we're going to actually have some culture on our program today. <laughs> so, so in light of like Joe's getting ready to cue up his uh, baby cry sound effects for tomorrow's pun segment, right? Not that that's another form of art, Joe, right? I mean, <laughs> don't be hurt. Come on. So, um, what? Oh, uh, St. Matthew. There it is. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. That's good, Joe. Wow, you're prepared. He's he's playing a version of. Uh, the Gospel according to Bach, uh, St. Matthew Passion. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it or not. Can't. can't hear it in your phone? Is That's it fine. The... It is. It's on the air. But yeah. you, can, you can hear the podcast later. Let's put it that way. So anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time to join us. And uh, keep up the great work. God bless you. It's going to be a fantastic night tomorrow night. Thanks for having well, me. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, I, I hope you'll be there. Friday night, I am not able to be there, but I I will look for the bootleg DVD online. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> are any of is any of the music uh, on that note? Is it? Do you ever record the performances? Or are they available in some shape or form? It's a great point. Well, it uh, legally speaking, it, is that an issue it, or whatever? Well, it's not. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, Eventually, we want to be able to uh, do a professionally, you know, a full uh, recording of it. Um, we'll, we'll probably have a trailer that people could see because it's a, nice. uh, the real St. Matthew Passion is three hours long. Yeah. Uh, and ours is only one hour. So, okay. Um, so, uh, but I think what, what, what to look forward to might be more of a, uh, a short five minute, three, four, five minute. Uh, people could get an idea That'd of what great. it's like. So, uh, we're we're in our infant stage. We don't know how the Lord's going to use this. We 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 want to play it. And every every time I see a cross uh, on a church, I say I want to play it there. <laughs> That's great. So, That's great, Tom. So, thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Thanks, Tim. So you're, much. You're more than welcome. You too. That's Tom and Cheryl Elliott. They're going to be again at Proclamation Presbyterian Church in Bryn Mawr tomorrow night, seven thirty. Absolutely free. And uh, you can check out the performance, uh, the the presentation, The Gospel According to Bach. It's a new interactive production of Bach's St. Matthew Passion. We'll take a brief break, and we'll continue our fine broadcast. Also want to encourage you, this hour, if you are willing to uh, text me, maybe that's the easier way of doing things. We're trying to raise support in our partnership with Save the Children. If you have a willing heart on that topic and are willing to help out in some shape or form, I can text you the phone number to call or the website and all that stuff. I mean, you can go to com, but I'm kind of hoping this hour we may have a few folks text or call in and say, yeah, I'll, I'll help out so we can get, uh, you know, we're at like 69% of the way to what we're hoping to do by Monday. So it'd be great to to chew up a little more ground here in the, in the remaining half hour. Again, if you're willing to help out, uh, and I can explain more about what it's about, but you may have heard about it, you know, on the station these past few weeks uh, as we partnered with Save the Children. More info is on that. Uh, on that is on our site at WFIL.com. But my text line here, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. If you've either contributed, uh, you know, this hour or you're thinking about it, you'd like to help out. 
just say, yeah, I'm willing, and uh, and I'll send you the info. All right, fair enough. Back in a moment. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 435 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com, or going down to 56, eventually with clear skies, had some more clouds in the picture today than we originally thought. Tomorrow's sunny, a few clouds, and a high of 80. Phillies lost 5-2 to Washington last night. They wrapped up their series this afternoon. The game just got started. Then uh, they're home this weekend against Miami to finish the season. Currently sitting at 79-79 and with four games to go. Be nice to win at least three of the last four and finish with a winning record. Uh, Flyers are at the Rangers at 7 o'clock in preseason hockey tonight. And the Eagles are at Green Bay this evening at 8.20 in Thursday Night Football. We're looking forward to bringing in Marcus Hayes, who is a writer for the Inquirer, who's in Green Bay to uh, check, check in for a few minutes to talk about the game tonight. Maybe a little Phillies as well. We'll get to Marcus in just a little bit. Wanted to piggyback off a little, uh, the little blurb you heard a moment ago. I have to actually have to update that because we just got another update that instead of around the 60% mark, we've made a nice jump in our partnership with Save the Children to 69% of the way to our goal. We're trying to simply find, uh, uh, i just Save the Children's been working around the world for many years, 125 countries, including the U.S. One of the countries uh, uh, was Niger, which is a, is a place that um, Scott Wilder from Save the Children had, was at recently. He came back and told us all about this particular endeavor Save the Children is involved in and that we wanted to help them with. And in a nutshell, it's helping children suffering from severe acute malnutrition who are almost, if not, on the brink of death. Very serious, and we just want to be able to be a part of helping that not happen. And our part or our role, we're not going to be able to save everybody, but uh, that shouldn't stop us from doing something. So, if you'd be willing to step in, we want to contextualize this for you and say we're trying to find enough uh, support to save uh, in the neighborhood of 200 children. We're only about 57 away, and it costs about $60 per child to make this happen, which is providing this this thing called Plumpy Nut, and uh, it's a it's a it's like a pasty peanut butter. In fact, I think Joe – you know what? Joe was kind enough to take the take some time – we had Scott Wilder from from the organization in, uh, and he shared a bit about what Plumpy Nut was. Let me see if I can find that. I think I have. Yeah, you want to look for Plumpy Nut Two. Plumpy Nut Two. All right. Well, there's there's one here said said tell us more about Plumpy Nut. Can I do that one? You can do that one, but the there's a one further down, which is like uh, sixty eight or sixty nine or seventy. Here it is. I think we got. Well, it'll it'll suffice. We'll trust that people can can handle this. This is just a little idea. This is where the money is going, why uh, we're doing what we're doing. The good news is it doesn't have to be refrigerated. and that, That's a new thing in the last 15 years. It's only been around for 15 years. And all you have to do is uh, provide it. You could give it to someone, show a mom or a, a dad how to you squeeze it into their mouth. I mean, when I was there in the hospital in uh, Niger, uh, we, we had babies that were there that were suffering from severe acute malnutrition. And it's a little packet about the size, kind of a foil packet about the size of maybe salad dressing or something at the uh, fast food restaurants, about that size, yeah. about the size of your hand. It's 500 calories. It's a peanut. It's a peanut-ish uh, paste. It's kind of a gritty 
peanut butter. If you think about the sort of the natural peanut butter, it's a little bit runnier, but it also has a grittiness to it. And you actually just crack off the corner, you know, break off the corner, and you squeeze it directly into the mouth of the child. Wow! And it's it's for children that have that they have no ability to ingest or digest regular food. They, they their bodies cannot take it. They can't just uh, you know get a bowl of rice or beans and just you know chow down. Their bodies can't take that, and so. When you provide this, you are providing uh, something that without uh, without this, they will certainly perish. And so and we've even seen that, that when you have children that just are too far gone, uh, nothing can save them. And so it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, today, we have the opportunity to uh, provide this. Call right now at 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. All right, so that's, our, that's Scott Wilder from Save the Children. He travels the world, gives firsthand reports of things that he has seen. And so anyway, just to kind of I want to take today in the middle of the couple of interviews that we have going and all that to, uh, to focus on this because we uh, are working with Save the Children through Monday on this particular project, and uh, we've made some really good progress. Thanks to everybody who's helped out so far. It's really great. And so um, $60 provides enough for one of the remaining 57 children that we're trying to uh, rescue, really. So you can certainly do more than that. You want to do, you know, two for 120 or three for 180 or do 10 at 600 or whatever it is. If you actually want to be involved on a monthly basis, that actually super accelerates the process because they have a way of making it work where if you're bringing in, uh, let's say you wanted to do $30 a month, you know, for the next year, that will help our goal go much faster because they have a way of making that, that work out financially. Um, and we count like 10 children, something like that. So, so monthly givers actually really pushes this project along, but if it's a one-time gift, that's great too. And even if it's $5 or $10 to know that you're being a part of what's going on here would be greatly appreciated. And, um, a huge blessing. So thanks again to all who have helped. We're close to the 70% mark right now. And as you know, when the end, when it gets to the end gets close, it, it, it helps everybody feel like, all right, let's finish this off. So today you can call the number directly, 888-884-46, I'm sorry, 4836, 888-884-4836, or you go to WFIL.com and click the Save the Children banner. It's very quick and easy. If you have the brain space to text me, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, I'd also be glad to receive your, just a quick comment, like, yeah, I'll help out with 50 bucks or $100 or something, and then I can send you the info that way. So that gives us even more real-time, how's it going kind of thing. Fair enough? So thank you again. And uh, we'll take a quick break. Marcus Hayes of the Inquirer going to join us in a moment. Get ready for the Eagles tonight. And uh, we'll fill in the chat, too. Tim DeMoss Show at WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 444 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Once again, if you want to text the show for any reason, whether you want to say, hey, I'll help out in a partnership with Save the Children or for any other reason, you're welcome to uh, get in touch that way. 610-500-DOVE is our text line, 610-500-3683. Or you can email anytime, timmyd, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at wfil.com. 
And as far as that Save the Children partnership goes, one more time, you can go to our website, WFIL.com, get more info there and help out that way. Thanks again to all who have helped out. We're close to 70% of the way to our goal, and we'd love to keep making progress on that. Uh, We also now want to shift gears a bit. We have a big game tonight. We have the uh, Eagles and the Green Bay Packers playing in Thursday Night Football, and we're checking in with longtime Philadelphia uh, sports writer and also TV personality, too, uh, Marcus Hayes. Hello. How are you doing, man? Excellent, Tim. How are you? Good. How are things in Green Bay thus far? You're on the road getting ready for the Birds game tonight. Perfect day for football, 62 degrees. It's going to be about 60 tonight. No rain. Uh, Lambeau Field. Can't beat it, right? Yeah. And it is uh, it is kind of a rushed season. It feels like, man, this is the fourth game already. It's not even the end of September. But uh, what are your thoughts so far and what, what's kind of unfolded? It's been a lot in a, crammed into a short amount of time. And I know your, your most recent piece, you, you felt Carson Wentz had done a really good job, except for basically one play back uh, you know, on Sunday. What are your thoughts thus far and, and where we're headed? You know, Carson kind of struggled in the first half of the first game and parts of the second, but his, you know, his play in the third game was spectacular. Um, you know, he is what he is. The biggest issues, I think, I mean, obviously Deshaun Jackson, he won't play tonight. Alshon Jeffrey will play, but he'll be limited. And Dallas Goddard, he'll probably be limited again by his lingering calf injury. When you take away three of the, you know, four or five biggest weapons, depending on how you see Nelson Aguilar, you're going to have, and you're, and you're built to win with offense, you're going to have a hard time winning without those guys. Number two, I think that we sort of underappreciated how, how injured Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett were and remain. I mean, neither of them has really made a ripple on the water, and they, they you know, they're both first-round picks, both make a lot of money. Fletcher is one of the two or three best defensive linemen in the league. He might not be one of the two or three best defensive linemen on the team right now. Yeah, coming off that that foot injury and uh, Barnett coming off a shoulder injury, and now he's got an ankle injury. So, you know, those are really significant players who aren't playing well, and I think that's very, very simply the the reason the team is one and two instead of maybe two and one or three and zero. Oh. Yeah. Marcus Hayes is our guest columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, so, uh, you know, there is this whole next man up mentality in your experience of covering the Eagles over the years. Easier said than done, uh, or do they just have to still find a way to make it happen, you know, injuries notwithstanding? Well, it depends on the man. You can't replace Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, and he's diminished but not gone. Yeah. You can't replace Deshaun Jackson. You know, they didn't, they didn't have to replace a Deshaun Jackson in their Super Bowl year, when they're net, when the next man up mentality manifested itself, their receivers were healthy. Um, yeah, it's, it depends on who the man is, and uh, I think the Phillies are a good example of that. You cannot replace your entire bullpen, and you can't replace Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, nobody has that sort of resource outside of maybe the Yankees. And in a salary cap world that the Eagles live in, it just doesn't happen. Um, they could turn it around. You know, they could still win ten games. But it'll be an uphill battle because I don't know that Fletcher or Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox or Derek Barnett, are going to be that much better. I don't know if we're going to see Deshaun Jackson for more than eight games this year as Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, and isn't it interesting because obviously this is the year where finally Nick Voles is not part of the team. Carson's kind of back at the helm and everyone's kind of waiting for stuff to perhaps gel. And they're getting excited about even that the hype video the Eagles released with Deshaun Jackson in it. And then after a game, he's not around. It's like, okay, so what are we getting used to? What are we aiming for here? And I guess if there's one guy who can kind of help corral everything together, it's Carson. But even then, he's carrying his own probably set of 
you know, he wants to get his own rhythm back together as well. So it's, you know, hopefully they, I'm guessing they have the, they have what it takes to get through this, but they don't have a whole lot of time to get back on track. Uh, they could find themselves probably in a, in a pretty precarious place the way the NFC is playing out. Yeah. I don't know that they get on back, get back on track against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau field on a Thursday, on a short week on Thursday night. Right. Um, but you know, they do have a 10 day layoff after that. Assuming there aren't any more, you know, significant setbacks or injuries, they could come out of this, you know, sort of, uh, looking downhill, you know, sort of with a little bit of a momentum, even if they lose. And I think that's how they have to look at it. They need to play well tonight and get going, you know, 10 days hence. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Phillies there for a second. Obviously, they're, they're now sitting at 79-79, four games to go, and uh, they're you know out of the playoffs. Any any thoughts? It's really true. The bullpen, and there were lots of injuries this year. What are your thoughts on, on Gabe Kapler? Where have you been, and has that changed at all for you, whether he should be back or front office members or give him one more year, or what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I thought Gabe Kapler was a miracle worker last year when they won 80 games and, and faltered down the stretch. And I thought that Gabe Kapler did a fine job this season because, you know, consider who he had and what, what he had to work with. This myth of the Phillies being deep and talented, it, 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 the same as the Eagles. The Eagles aren't deep. They're talented, but they're not deep. The Phillies were kind of talented and not deep at all. And he suffered from that misperception. And the owner created that misperception. And so did the general manager to a degree. But the general manager and the assistant general manager and the front office weren't really saying, hey, you know, we're ready to go, you know, run through the Dodgers. They said, we have a chance this year. And they didn't think they had a chance last year, mainly because I think they were surprised by what happened last year. I I think they always sort of saw this as a three-year plan, including this season. When they didn't go after Patrick Corbin and they didn't go after uh, Dallas Keuchel, to me that indicated that they thought they were at least a year away, not only with the pitching staff, but also with the lineup, because you didn't know. I mean, Scott Kingley had a really good year. Right. There was no indication that that was going to happen. Right. You know, there was none. You didn't know what you were going to get from Reese Hoskins. You, you hoped he would continue to produce, and he produced for, what, four months? That's fine by me. Reese Hoskins gets a mulligan after his first, you know, full year and, uh, what, four months or two months or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's been a, a relatively productive player and a guy you can still build around. But, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get out of J.T. Real Muto. You didn't, certainly didn't think you were going to get this out of J.T. Real Muto. And Gene Segura has kind of played to played to his capacity. Cesar Hernandez, if, they, if you're counting on Cesar Hernandez to dot that I, then you're, you know, you're woefully mistaken. And Andrew McCutcheon, you, you hoped that Andrew McCutcheon would be what he was, but you didn't know what you were going to get out of Odubel Herrera. You didn't know what, what was going to happen at third base. So right. this was a I, I contended all along. This was a developmental season when you have four starters after your first two that you don't have answers about. It's a developmental season. It just is. If yeah. you win eighty five, eighty eight games, that's a, a huge success. If you go five hundred, that's fine. So to answer your question, Gabe Kapler did a fine job this year, all things considered. Maybe even overachieved a little bit because of all the injuries. You don't lose seven bullpen guys, including your top three bullpen guys, and do better than 500. I contended that from the beginning of the season. David Robertson was huge. Uh, it just you just can't you can't expect to be a playoff team when your best veteran players or, or 
two or three of your better veteran players are non-contributors. Yeah, and some of them have been injured so long, people forgot they're even on the team. I mean, so you know, it's been that kind of yeah. a year. You know, so come, hey, come, Tommy Hunter, Pat Nishik, I mean, come on. Yeah. we're talking about forty, forty-five million dollars worth of investment in the bullpen from which you got nothing. Come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, you think uh, the Gabe still? manager of the Phils, or and or could it be a decision that takes longer than that? I don't think it'll take much longer than that, but I'd be surprised, a little surprised if he's fired, because the general manager staked his, his reputation on Gabe Kapler, and if Gabe Kapler had been, you know, obviously and virulently uh, unsuccessful with a relatively healthy, talented team, I think the general manager wouldn't fight for him, but I think that contract fights for Gabe Kapler. It'll be interesting to see because let's let's be honest. I mean, Andy McPhail is kind of a, a non-entity here. Whether John Middleton tells his young general manager, "No, you're going to fire the manager." Hmm. Right, right, absolutely. Marcus Hayes, kind enough to take a brief detour out of his very busy day, getting ready for the uh, Eagles and uh, Green Bay Packers tonight in Green Bay. Have fun in Green Bay and bring us some, what do you bring, cheese back? Or what do you bring back from Green Bay for, for friends back on this side? Is there what some, do I bring back from yeah, Green Bay? Yeah, is I don't know. It's hard to transport cheese and bratwurst, so <laughs> maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I'll bring back a, uh, one of those foam cheese heads. All right, that'll be fun. All right, just send me the bill. Enjoy your time there, my friend. Thanks for right. checking in. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. 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 Marcus Hayes from the Philadelphia Inquirer checking in from Green Bay. We have a... Quick break to take. We'll wrap up on a high note here in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. 4.57 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Don't forget, for King and Country at the Cure International Arena tonight at 7 o'clock. Tickets still available, creationfest.com. 888 4836. If you'd like to help in our partnership with Save the Children, 888-884-4836. We'll go to WFIL.com. And uh, thank you for listening in. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103, 11, and 12. Think on that as you head home tonight. Getting ready now to head out and thought we'd end on a high note with the Eagles in Green Bay this evening. We'll have Jim Axon lead in prayer. But before that, Jim or Joe, you ready? Hit it. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly, score a touchdown. One, two, Christopher Wright in studio. That's cool. Nice version. Thanks. Here's Jim Maxim. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.